No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we return to our verse-by-verse study of the book of Deuteronomy. We'll see where Moses instructs the children of Israel regarding their appointed place for worship. This sets them apart from every other nation. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Deuteronomy chapter 12 on Simply the Bible. Some people think that the God of the Old Testament is angry and vengeful, but the God of the New Testament is loving and kind. The truth is that God is unchanging. To be sure, he did punish the wicked severely in the Old Testament, but he will also punish people severely in the New Testament at the end of the age. We must always remember that God is holy and he hates evil and he will ultimately destroy it. But he waits a long time to do that. Now, God would send Israel into the land of Canaan to wipe out seven nations along with their gods and idols. Some people have a problem with that. But as we shall see, these nations were so vile that the land itself was ready to vomit them out. We pick it up in Deuteronomy 12. These are the statutes and judgments which you shall be careful to observe in the land which the Lord God of your fathers is giving you to possess. All the days that you live on the earth, you shall utterly destroy all the places where the nations which you shall dispossess served their gods on the high mountains and on the hills and under every green tree. And you shall destroy their altars, break their sacred pillars and burn their wooden images with fire. You shall cut down the carved images of their gods and destroy their names from that place. You shall not worship the Lord your God with such things. God had declared war on the pagan gods, their shrines, and their images. God hated these things because of how they corrupted people. Idolatry always corrupts those who have been made in the image of God. Therefore, God ordered that his people utterly destroy these things. The Canaanite nations worshipped their false gods on high mountains. No doubt it made them feel closer to their deities. They would also worship under green trees, which were considered fertility symbols. Much of pagan worship revolved around procreation. Many of their rituals were sexual. Thus, they had temple prostitutes, both male and female. God didn't want any of these abhorrent practices to survive. Therefore, he ordered his people to destroy their altars, break down their sacred pillars, burn their wooden images, cut down the carved images, many of which were pornographic, and destroy the names of their gods from that place. God knew that if they didn't utterly destroy these things, then they would soon be corrupted by them. Recently, I discovered a sore on my face that wouldn't get better, so I thought I should have my doctor check it out. It turned out to be a basal carcinoma, skin cancer. The doctor told me that it was the best cancer to have, but that wasn't much of a comfort. I was informed of a newer procedure that is more expensive, but offers a significantly lower rate of recurrence. 
or I could opt for the traditional procedure and take my chances. Guess which procedure I chose. You see, we understand the desire to utterly destroy cancer so that it has minimal chance of recurrence. That is how God views the malignant practice of idolatry. Verse 5, But you shall seek the place where the Lord your God chooses out of all your tribes to put his name for his dwelling place, and there you shall go. There you shall take your burnt offerings, your sacrifices, your tithes, the heave offerings of your hand, your vowed offerings, your free will offerings, and the firstborn of your herds and flocks. And there you shall eat before the Lord your God, and you shall rejoice in all to which you have put your hand, you and your households, in which the Lord your God has blessed you. To help break the pagan pattern of worshiping on every high place and under every green tree, God would appoint a single place where he would be worshipped. First, it would be in Shiloh, and in the days of David, it would be moved to Jerusalem. This would unify Israel in worshipping Yahweh and would be a sign to the surrounding nations that their God was altogether different from every other God. This would be emphasized even in the place where Yahweh would be worshipped. All their sacred offerings would be presented in one place. They were also to eat their portion of peace offerings and rejoice before the Lord. In doing this, they would acknowledge that all their blessings came from His hand. You shall not at all do as we are doing here today, every man doing whatever is right in his own eyes. For as yet you have not come to the rest and the inheritance which the Lord your God has given you. But when you cross over the Jordan and dwell in the land which the Lord your God is giving you to inherit, and he gives you rest from all your enemies round about, so that you dwell in safety, then there will be the place where the Lord your God chooses to make his name abide. There you shall bring all that I command you, your burnt offerings, your sacrifices, your tithes, the heave offerings of your hand, and all your choice offerings which you vow to the Lord. And you shall rejoice before the Lord your God, you and your sons and your daughters, your male and female servants, and the Levite who is within your gates, since he has no portion nor inheritance with you. Take heed to yourself that you do not offer your burnt offerings in every place that you see, but in the place which the Lord chooses. In one of your tribes, there you shall offer your burnt offerings, and there you shall do all that I command you. Moses repeats what he said in the previous paragraph. Now, why does he do that? My own opinion is that he knew how quickly they would forget. The pressure to conform to the world around them was great, even as the world exerts a great pressure on us today. We are told in Romans 12 too, not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed through the renewing of our mind. Another translation says, don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. We are not of this world. We are called out of this world to be citizens of heaven. When foreigners immigrate and become citizens of the United States, they no longer conform to the laws of their former nation. Now they keep the laws of America. Likewise, since we are citizens of the kingdom of God, we no longer conform to the ways of this world but submit to the laws of the kingdom. Now, they had a single place of worship, but things have changed under the new covenant. 
I love what J. Vernon McGee says about this. Quote, Today we do not need to meet in one place to worship God. The Lord Jesus told the Samaritan woman, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. Believers do not meet in one place to worship God today. We meet around one person, and that person is the Lord Jesus Christ. Unquote. People exalt a certain church over another. But if the name of your denomination or church is more important to you than Jesus, then your denomination or church has become an idol. God has given to us his son, the name that is above every other name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. He alone is the person around whom we worship. Verse 15. However, you may slaughter and eat meat within all your gates, whatever your heart desires, according to the blessing of the Lord your God, which he has given you, the unclean and the clean may eat of it of the gazelle and the deer alike. Only you shall not eat the blood, you shall pour it on the earth like water. You may not eat within your gates the tithe of your grain or your new wine or your oil, of the firstborn of your herd or your flock, of any of your offerings which you vow, of your free will offerings or of the heave offerings of your hand. But you must eat them before the Lord your God in the place which the Lord your God chooses." you and your son and your daughter, your male servant and your female servant, and the Levite who is within your gates. And you shall rejoice before the Lord your God in all to which you put your hands. Take heed to yourselves that you do not forsake the Levite as long as you live in your land. When they were scattered in their tribal territories throughout the promised land, then it wouldn't be practical for them to travel to Jerusalem every time they wanted to eat meat. They could slaughter and eat meat from clean game animals within their own gates if they didn't eat the blood. But anything that was dedicated to the Lord had to be brought to the designated place. This was also to ensure that the Levites would receive their allotted portion. Verse 20, When the Lord your God enlarges your border as he has promised you, and you say, Let me eat meat because you long to eat meat. You may eat as much meat as your heart desires. Love that verse. If the place where the Lord your God chooses to put his name is too far from you, then you may slaughter from your herd and from your flock, which the Lord has given you just as I have commanded you, and you may eat within your gates as much as your heart desires. Just as the gazelle and the deer are eaten, so you may eat them. The unclean and the clean alike may eat them. Only be sure that you do not eat the blood, for the blood is the life. You may not eat the life with the meat. You shall not eat it. You shall pour it on the earth like water. You shall not eat it, that it may go well with you and your children after you when you do what is right in the sight of the Lord. So within their gates, they could even eat animals from their flocks and herds, 
just as they could game animals if they poured the blood on the ground. Only the holy things which you have and your vowed offerings you shall take and go to the place which the Lord chooses and you shall offer your burnt offerings, the meat and the blood on the altar of the Lord your God and the blood of your sacrifices shall be poured out on the altar of the Lord your God and you shall eat the meat. Observe and obey all these words which I command you that it may go well with you and your children after you forever when you do what is good and right in the sight of the Lord your God. The offerings that belong to God, the firstborn, daily burnt offerings, vow offerings, sin offerings, and peace offerings, all had to be brought to the central place of worship and sacrifice before the Lord. If they would obey these commandments, then God would bless them and their children forever. What a promise. We may not always understand the ways of God. We may not even understand what he's doing with us. But we can rest assured that if we will love him and keep his commandments, then he will be good to us and bless us far more than we deserve. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow, we'll see where Moses warns the children of Israel against false gods and how they are to punish those who would entice them to worship these. We hope you'll join us as we continue through the book of Deuteronomy on Simply the Bible. <laughs>